Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Count my nose, smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. 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 This is Los Angeles. Where we going? Westward, ho. DTG, LJ the Fiasco again. Just heard the last show. Great job as always. Got a, I got a theory. Well, first let me let me just say this. I agree with with songs in the Kid Life, and I agree with the the Thriller album being number one. You couldn't have really subbed out Velvet Rope and put in like Bad, the Bad album, because that was also a Michael Jackson classic. Um, I put Bad almost over Thriller, almost, but you know it's like a one B to a one A or something like that. And you could also sub down Confessions and put in the Purple Rain soundtrack. Um, but that's just me. The list was still fine. I just, I'm not a big Janet fan. I really don't think she's had a classic album ever, in my opinion. Uh, but also, you made a good comparison. You made a, a good point about the guy in the Beat It video coming out the sewer. But hear me out on this, and let's, I want your listeners to do the same. If you remember in the Thriller video, when the zombies was waking up, another guy came out of the sewer with a suit and tie on. So does that mean that the guy in the beaded video was killed and buried and whatnot? Had a funeral and then all of a sudden in the in the thriller video he was resurrected to come out there and dance with Mike. Think about that for a minute. Two separate videos, two separate sewer scenes, and you know that just leaves you leaves my imagination to run wild. Also, what is it with Mike and trying to like break up fights and shit, trying to be hard or whatever? Because any given dude coming in there with a tight-ass T-shirt on and some damn skinny jeans and a red jacket with the sleeves rolled up, stopping a gang fight with guys got knives, they tie their hands together, it's going to get his ass punked. He's going to get poked first. That dude's going to get poked first. So, I, you know, Mike was on this whole, like, unity shit, but I don't see how dancing and, like, coming in the middle of a, a gang fight with a jerry curl is going to stop anything. That's just me. But, uh, you know, if you also go to the, to the damn uh, bad video, Wesley Snipes and him was like robbing all people. And then he got mad at Wesley, and all of a sudden he's, he's in a damn black leather suit. Like, Mike's imagination was vivid as hell. But, I mean, just just think about the sewer scene and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing, bro. I'm going to keep listening. Pile up podcast. Thanks for the shout-out on the last show. Peace. <laughs> so, LJ is definitely right. Like I said on the last show, I don't know what the hell MJ be thinking like. My thing is, what creeps me out about the whole, the whole uh, video is that his apartment, though, or is it, a, or is it a, a a motel? I don't know. But you can't go out there starting. I mean, stopping trying to stop gang fights in that attire, because like LJ said, you probably get the first. You probably get that first slash. You know what I mean? Um, but that was a good little uh, comparison with the sewer. With the sewer thing, and it, with both videos, I never really paid attention to that. He brought that to light. So that's definitely to look into. Maybe Mike has something there going, you know. Uh, he he definitely lost me on getting dressed in the middle of the night to go stop a goddamn uh, knife dance-off fight or whatever. So shout-out to my boy LJ once again, showing me some love, giving me some feedback. Potluck Podcast. Uh, just for listening to their episode, 
uh, second from the last. The last one will be December 9th. Y'all better tune into that because they always have a good end of the year show. And I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to call in. I'm gonna try to call in, but I know I got something to do that night. I'm not sure what it is, but I know I got something to do on the ninth. Um, yeah, but thank you, LJ. Appreciate that. So look, fellas and ladies and weird people, aliens, uh, ghosts, uh, Republicans, white people, uh, who else out there? And anybody else that's listening, this is a um, we're taking a different route. This show, um, share a little bit of my personal side, and the reason why I'm gonna do that is because um, me and my me and my boys have been talking about it in the chat for a while, and I just finished listening to a great show uh, about depression, which I'll mention later when I get to that part of the show. Um, yeah, and I think I just want to let people know. Um, we don't talk about it as much, uh, talking about depression, what leads up to it, or even our fears, our fears in life, you know, everybody, you know, what else, what you all see on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform that you use, Twitter, um, we, we tend to use our posts, well, at least most of us post the good stuff, you know, having fun, or flossing, or families, or you know what I'm saying? Something uh, with comedy in it. You know, things like that. Uh, but then you will have people that post too much personal information and we're not trying to hear it. Um, but there is people out there that may post some deep stuff and you just don't know if they're going through something or not. And they feel like, I mean, look, we live in a we live in a different times now where, you know, social media is another form to communicate. You know, so... Don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of those people that that seek atten attention on social media like that. I mean, if you're out there trying to get your brand uh, out there and get it all, you know, trying to push it on to people to support and things like that, then so be it. I'm cool with that. If you're out there, uh, you know, spitting them jokes and, and or if you got deep thoughts and want people to acknowledge it or notice it and things like that, that's cool. But as far as like seeking attention for personal reasons all the time, uh, I think it's just a little too much because we don't know if we can believe it or not, you know, because at that, you know, we're, we're going to start questioning if are you seeking somebody outside of social media to talk about this? Um, but, you know, that's like I said, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, a lot of people are afraid to talk about their fears. Uh, I know a lot of men are. Uh, stress. Uh, well, I think stress is probably the easiest topic to talk about is because we all stressed out every day. If we don't have, well, basically, if you have a nine to five, uh, a nine to five job, even if you have a career, because, you know, you could, you could have a career that pay that pays great money and, you know, gives you the uh, opportunity to, you know, chill on the weekends and, and have a lot of vacation days and things like that. But I feel like if you're not really doing what you want to do in life, then it's, it's some way, somehow it's going to stress you out because you could lose a career. You know, unless you become an entrepreneur and become your own boss, I think stress will always be there as far as through work. Um, I think you're just going to have stress from different areas. And then the ultimate one is depression. A lot of people can die from depression. I believe, which I will talk about later, 
I believe my mom, uh, you know, depression, I think, played a huge part uh, with my mom. And I'll get to that later. But um, this episode, I want to I'm going to get a little personal and let you know who I am. I mean, because, look, at the end of the day, if you guys do vote for me to be your next president, you want to know what's, <laughs> what's in my closet. Now, I'm not going to go that deep. Or whatever, you know, I I feel like I'll have a, a part two of this and um, probably have some questions that I couldn't think of at the moment. Or, you know, to have someone else ask me some questions and I'll be happy to, um, you know, I'll be open. I'll be open about it. So this episode, Fear, Stress and Depressed. And also towards the end of the episode, one of my best friends in the world, female best friend, uh, Britt Renee. She's going to leave a uh, a little piece that she put together about fear, stress, and depression. Uh, a nice piece, and I think you guys like it. And appreciate her art and her talents doing it. Okay, so let's get to it. Um, let's see. Well, up until August 2008, uh, I pretty much... I pretty much managed my life pretty well, you know, um, besides typical, I had baby mama drama, you know, of course, um, I was, I was on a good, I was on good terms with life, you know, besides the baby mama drama, you know, the, my character that people was, you know, used to seeing and that people talked about, you know, it changed a little bit, um, but they didn't notice, um, you know, because I, you know, I hit it well, you know, I'm, I'm that guy that cracked a lot of jokes or, you know, I would give a, a lot of um, motivational um, advice and things like that. So I was like, I was the positive cat. You know, I didn't show too much, too many issues that I had. I didn't really show too much to the public. Um, but, you know, I never had problems, you know. I never had problems making friends. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've had friends, friendships that go back to middle school and high school. You know, I wasn't bullied or picked on. Uh, I had no issues in the in the lady department. Um, played sports, enjoyed different experiences that popped up in my life. You know, you would think my childhood was okay, but it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean. I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed it, but it was a lot of things that I, I, I missed, I missed out on. And that, that's, that came from not having two parents in a household. You know, my father was in my life, but I don't think he was in my life like I wanted him to be. You know, I grew up watching, you know, the, you know, the Huxables, the Cosby Show, Different World, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, you know, I grew up watching these households, you know, these uh, these families on TVs with, you know, with two parents and great jobs or careers and supporting these kids and putting them in, um, you know, just teaching them different things in life. You know, like I didn't it wasn't until what my senior year that I learned about HBCUs, which was crazy, you know, um, and if I would have known Back then, and I probably, you know, my favorite college right now is UCLA. It has been because that's the first college I've ever attended on a field trip to, you know, to a uh, to a university. First university I ever stepped on was uh, UCLA, and you know, I have visited um, 
Howard University, but I was an adult at the time. So, you know, and it, it felt good. But that's the thing. You know, I wasn't taught a lot of things that probably would have helped me along the line. Um, it wasn't good at all. And I, and I think it started, you know, my depression and fears and things like that. It started to build up um, after 2008. You know, um, you know I, I seek guidance from people that wasn't there anymore. So I, I guess I can start with my fear. I turned 35 next month, December 23rd. Um, and I more and more every day, I'm getting more and more nervous and in fear of getting close to <laughs> getting close to death. And I know it sounds crazy, but no, man, I, I just had two young cats that I hoop with pass away. You know, they was just killed in a in a car accident on site. Uh, two brothers, you know, that scared me, you know, because with a, you know, just like that, bam, car accident, boom. And it wasn't their fault at all, blindsided. Um, and, you know, you just, you know, I, I try not to watch the news a lot because, you know, the news always has something negative going on. CNN as well. But you want to know what's going on in the world. You don't want to be totally blind to it or left out. But it's, every day there's something, you know. And I, I moved my family out of L.A. a while ago. Uh, but I still work in L.A. And the city is, you know, it's calmed down. Since, the, the crazy part is the 90s was cracking with the, you know, with the whole gang violence, the gang culture and things like that. But... It seemed like now it's just a lot of just a lot of other different type of violence and crazy shit going on, like mass shootings and kids coming up missing, car accidents is it's a lot, man. As a you know, as a parent now I fear a lot. You know, I fear I I even think down the road when my kids get older, you know, what I will I still be alive when my kid is this age, when my kid turns this age, you know, when my kid graduates from high school, college, you know, then I got to worry about them going out into the world, the whole nine, you know, um, I have a fear of, I have a fear of dying, I have a fear of dying young and, you know, to all my young cats, I know they think 35 is old, but it's really not, you know, um, I have a fear of dying when my kids are still young. You know, I wouldn't be able to experience things that my, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't able to experience with my parents. Uh, getting to that, um, you know, because my mom passed away in 2008. My dad passed away in 2011. And, you know, my mom, you know, she didn't, um, she, you know, she never had, she had three boys. Um, she always wanted a girl and I gave her two, uh, <laughs> I, t I gave her two grandkids. Well, technically three, uh, but I gave her two girls. I, and that's what I meant to say. I gave her two girls because I have four kids, but I gave her two girls and she never got to, she never got to see them. She never got to see them. That bothered me, you know, um, and it's scared, and like I said, it scares me because uh, now I have to worry about eating right and taking care of my body and making sure I don't, you know, <laughs> that cancer is popping up. 
You know, and hopefully that doesn't cross my doesn't cross my lifeline. But you know, I'm seeing that every day. I've heard young cats that you know that I didn't I didn't necessarily necessarily know them personally, but you know, cats is getting heart attacks, dying off of heart attacks in their 30s and 40s and stuff like that. And I'm like, damn, man. You know, every time I go home uh, after work, you know. You know, my my daughter runs, jumps in my arms, and we sit and laugh and play around and watch movies and things like that and take my son to his basketball games, his tournaments and things like that. And we build that bond. And it's like, you know, that when the weekend is over and I head back to work on Monday, I hop on that freeway, I just, I'm alert. I pay attention to what's going on because I'm afraid of, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm not afraid of much, but I'm afraid of dying now. I really am. I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid to be away from my kids. I'm afraid to be away from my wife. Um, my family is getting thinner. You know, I still got my brothers and sisters out there just seeing some of them this past weekend at my aunt's. But, you know, I don't have... Really, on either uh, on both sides of my uh, on both sides, my mother and my father's side, uh, it's not too many people that I'm close to, you know. But I still love and respect my family on both sides, and uh, I, as crazy as this world is, I'm not trying to leave because I don't know what's on the other side. I don't know what's gonna happen after that, you know. Whatever your beliefs is, whatever your faith is. That's cool, but at the end of the day, we really don't know. We really don't know. And, you know, um, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, and I think about it every almost every day. It's really, it's really just been bothering me basically the past year, year and a half. Um, and that led to stress, though all that fear that, I, that I've had, even though I understand people will say, you know, fear is something that, that you think about a lot that may not happen. But the thing is, you see the shit happening around you. And that leads to stress, you know, and uh, along with a lot of other things like work. You know, I work, I work between, I work between 60 to 80 hours a week, you know, give or take. Like, you know, I work with clients with disabilities, so I might pick up extra shifts here and there, and I might be gone from the house, you know, I'm like I'm working 80 hours a week, maybe, you know, sometimes. But on the average is between 60, 70, you know, and I, I got to help support the family and things like that. And that's a lot of driving I'm doing. Um, I'm in the community a lot uh, in L.A. And, you know, I'm just exposed. I'm just out there. And I, right now at this age, I like being at home. I love being at home. I hate being away from my family. Uh, but it leads to stress, you know, because, you know, people out there losing their jobs and fear, like a black man, period. You know, we we just we we have so much pressure on us to take care of a family, you know, uh, and this goes back to not being properly taught certain things because I didn't have my father in the household. So I didn't have that sit down for my father to sit up there and tell me how to take care of a wife, how to sit up there and take care of kids, to take care of a household. So I learned all this shit on the fly. I did. Or 
whatever the you know I watched my mom take care of a household all by herself with three grown ass men you know since we were kids and she made it happen and she worked overtime and you know had a business on the side baking and and, and things like that so um I took what I I learned what I could what uh what my mom was showing me uh and and people may think it's crazy or laugh but I looked at the fathers on these TV shows and and best basically how I learned how to you know um I mean from what they you know from what I've seen on certain episodes this is how I learned how to deal with my wife or to, how to talk to her how to you know this that and the third I got a pastor he's been married for some years uh, but I'm not around him all the time. I have the opportunity to go to his house and talk to him on plenty of plenty of times, been on vacations with him, out of state, things like that. I soak up the game from him. Uh, but it was all late. You know, I'm an adult now. And I I learned what I could learn, and, and, I, and I tried to pick up shit on the fly. I'm not perfect at all. At all. But that built up a lot of stress. That built up a lot of stress, man, trying to take care of a family. It does. Um, podcast was it was one of my outlets besides playing basketball and, and you know, and kicking it with your day ones, you know, going on vacation with your boys and watching sports and things like that. And, you know, that's that's what I did to to try to deal with the stress. You know, I'm not I don't do drugs, you know, although. I seriously think, I, and I say this every. I've been saying this since I was in high school because I've been around weed all my life. You know, my brother smoked weed as long as I've been knowing him. I've been knowing my brother all his life. My little brother smoked. My older brother smoked. My homies smoked. Cats on the team smoked. Like you know, I, I was always around weed, but I just I've only smoked twice. Uh, got hella high, but. <laughs> But never was, I never had a full career of smoking. I feel like I need to because I need something to just help with the stress, you know. I've always, I've always been afraid of smoking weed because I, I felt like a fucking drug test will pop up randomly and I won't be able to pass and I've never felt one. But that's a whole other case. I mean, I, I, I've always looked for something to help deal with the stress, eliminate the stress. Uh, I got a lot of different hobbies. Like I said, you know, podcasting is one, listening and doing having two of them now, um, sports, you know, and now one of my hobbies is just watching my kids grow, you know, that's fun, you know, watching my son play basketball every, every weekend, watching my daughter run around the house and talking to her, don't know what the hell she be talking about, but, you know, that's what it is, raising my kids, you know, um, and I want to reach, you know, I want to reach that 80 mark, that 90 mark, you know, because I, I want to see my great uh, grandkids, my great great uh, grandkids, and that's my goal now. You know, when we as we grow, we our goals change, and right now, I just want to, I just want to make it. <laughs> I just want to make it. Whatever this podcast, and I'm gonna keep pushing. You know, the 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 podcast moving because I think it's powerful. You know, I think it, I think it'll help a lot of people, and a lot of people probably won't hear this, but. Like I said, I got into this so my kids are here when I am gone. Uh, but I think it's therapeutic. And that, that's going to lead me to the next topic, which is depression. Uh, like I said, I had a fear of dying. 
you know, and stressing over work and just stressing over life, period. All that stuff added up with, you know, with my parents dying and I fell into a depression. Um, the one thing I want to talk about depression is, well, first I want to say I want to give a shout out to uh, to Danny from the Danny and Cleo show. Danny was on Mrs. Avery, Miss Avery. I, I think I'm going to start calling her Miss New York. I, I might have to do that. I might have to do that. Um, but she has her podcast, Hustling Kicks. Love it. You know, even though she only dropping like once a month, it's really killing me because them episodes are so dope. But she had a, her last episode was about depression. And, and you know, her guest was Danny. And, you know, he was talking about dealing with anxiety and depression and, um, you know, black men talking about depression, we don't like to talk about it. We don't like to believe we are depressed. Um, and that's just how it is. I guess we were taught or raised in our culture to, like, deal with it, you know, be a man about it and, and, and handle it. Where I understood what he said some days where I just want to lay in the bed and just don't move. Like, I, un I understand that completely. You know what I'm saying? And he has kids as well, and he got to get up, and he got to get up. And the cold part about it is he talks to his daughter, and he might tell his daughter that he doesn't feel like doing this, he doesn't feel like doing that. Bro, I've sat at the end of that bed and looked at Bailey, and Bailey, she's an active little girl or whatever. And I looked at her, and I was I was about to start crying. I just wanted to say, Bailey, we just going to relax today and watch some cartoons. I'm not sure if she understood it, uh, but, you know, telling the kid that, you know, that it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I mean, she she actually cooperated, but um, I know that feeling, man. And shout out to him for opening up and telling us about his depression and, and, and his, uh, the, you know, what he was going through. Because as big, we do need to talk about it. And just like he opened up his line and his heart. Uh, for people to call in or email him or message him, whatever they're going through, I'm the same way. Because look, I'm 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 gonna give advice and I'm gonna need it, you know. So it'll it'll be times where I have a group text of my closest friends, and that's where we share our, you know, our uh, secrets, our dark moments, our sad moments. I lost a friend. We all lost a friend. Motorcycle accident close to us that hurt. That still hurts. Um, so it's all built up. This is why I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to have a part two because I'm gonna include some of my friends and we're going to share some of our you know some of our stories. But like I said, after my mom passed away in 2008, after my father passed away in 2011, I shut down. I actually shut down uh, when my mom passed away. Um, I don't know who I did with, but they had me on um, suicide watch. Now, not to get all dramatic and stuff like that, I literally don't know who came up with that. But they, I know what they were trying to say uh, because they knew how much I loved my mom. And it was tough. It was tough. I remember, you know, August 23rd, August 23rd, 2000, uh, 2008, um, I remember 12.57 a.m., you know, one of the nurses called me at the um, 
at the hospital said she didn't make it. That's exactly what she said. She, you know, she asked for my name, and I woke up immediately when the phone rang. Uh, I was dead asleep, but I, for some reason, I thought it was a dream, but it wasn't. And she said she didn't make it. Went down there, went to see her, and um, sure enough, you know, they had her in the bag. You know, it was still open a little bit. I seen her. I can't. I I'll never forget the image. The image still scares me. Um, yeah, man. And then when my my dad passed away, I was actually at work. Um, called off early because uh, I got a phone call saying from my auntie saying that it's a possibility that he might not make it, and so you need to get down here now. And you know, black people. Um, <clears throat> you know, go ahead and talk to him. And I did that with my mom. You know what? My auntie was there when my mom was there. I mean, with my mom and my dad. And, you know, the day before, <clears throat> I went to go see my mom the day before she passed away. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, my mom just said, talk to her. Even if you feel like she can't hear you, just just talk to her. And I leaned over and I just said, you know, I love you. And I said, we going to make it. What I What did I mean by that? I just say we, and that could be anybody from my my close, uh, my relatives, my you know my brothers and sisters, and you know my you know my my wife, my friends, or even my podcast family. I just said we gonna make it, you know. Uh, and then sure enough, that next day, or you know that I guess you can say that night or whatever, she passed away. With my father, you know. Um, he had kidney and liver failure. Uh, his body was rejecting the, um, basically rejecting the medicine that they was giving him and things like that. And um, he died. He passed away right there in front of me. Um, and so <clears throat> after that, um, like I said, I you know I've already I you know I got my kids and. Um, no, I never really, I mean, have I ever thought of suicide? I mean, we all, I ain't going to say we all, but we think about it. I don't think I've ever thought about going through with it. You know what I mean? Um, no. And I I definitely never go on Facebook or post anything like that. But no, I've never thought about going through with it or anything like that. I just thought, I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of people just think like, man, how would life be when if I was gone? And I would just picture all the people that really love me and really like being around me. It'd take a lot. It'd take away from them. Uh, so it wouldn't be fair. But I will say this. I will say that people that have committed suicide, uh, whether they left or not, not doing it for attention, the ones that didn't do it for attention, I can't call them cowards. I can't. You know what I'm saying? Because what they said was, man, life was just that difficult where I couldn't go through with it. Nobody was listening or nobody could hear me. Nobody understood the pain. I reached out. I tried the best that I can. It didn't happen. I can't deal with life anymore. So I can't knock them for that. Now, I will, I will say that is low-key selfish because you do have people that when they wake up, they expect you to be there, you know, and whether you guys talk on a, on a daily basis or not, just knowing that that person is is alive and well and, you know, just there and uh, accessible, can you know, uh, available to talk to. That's what matters. You know what I mean? Uh, but like I said, I, I can't sit up there and call nobody a coward. I can't. 
You know what I mean? Life is hard, man. Life is difficult. But I do agree with Danny, man. We got to start talking. And we feel like we're at that point where depression is really, because depression can kill you. It can. It'll not even lead you to suicide. It'll just physically kill you. You know, you'll lay up in that bed and get sick. The next thing you know, it's over. You can eat too much. You can stop eating. You know, like depression is a cold. That's a cold disease, man. It's cold to have. I don't believe in medicine. I don't believe in I don't believe in going to your doctor and getting some pills that'll help. Me personally, I don't believe that. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I feel like rolling up a joint or a blunt will help you of some marijuana will help you before a pill does. Truth be told. That's just me. You know, if y'all if y'all feel like y'all can go out there and take some damn pills and it'll help you, then so be it. But I wouldn't recommend it because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it at all. But, um, yeah, man, um, I think we all go through it. I think we all need to, I don't, look, and I, I would say go out there and get some help. I would say go out there and um, go to the doctor. Go get checked out. But I think you already know. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that I have my moments where I'm just super stressed. I'm not afraid to admit that it was a time period in my life where I was just super depressed. I was crying all the time. I was crying at work, going in the bathroom, taking five minutes and crying, you know, because I miss my parents. I do. All the jokes that y'all see on social media and things like that, that's the real me. Uh, but sometimes, man, sometimes I just try to be, make, you know, sometimes I just try to make myself laugh, you know, because I'm living in a world where, you know, I, I got to seek guidance from my peers now, you know, the older cats that... That I know, you know, some of them are gone, you know, or some of them are old, you know. I just don't have my parents. You know, parents just looked at, you got some good parents, a good mother, a good father. That's your safety net at the end of the day. And I just don't have that safety net. If I fall, I fall. And I got a family to take care of. And there goes that stress again, you know. So I may joke around a lot. And I may say some shit that piss people off. I'm just looking for a friendly debate. But on a real note, like, I'm out here just trying to have fun, just trying to make it through life. You know, depression is real. Stress is real. Fear is real. Some people handle it better than others. But I will say this. People that that can handle fear that good and, and believe that you shouldn't be scared of this and shouldn't be scared of that, instead of just criticizing people, go help them. You know what I'm saying? Shut up and go help them. You know, I and I'm and I'm also talking to myself because my wife, she have a she has anxiety, panic attacks, real bad. You know, she can't watch certain movies or certain TV shows because it gets her anxiety going. And I had to learn that. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing about learning, you know, being in a marriage is that not only what not only did I I didn't have someone in the home to teach me how to take care of a, a wife or teach me how to manage my marriage. But I didn't know anything about that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have anxiety attacks or panic attacks when I was young. So I didn't know anything about that. And I had to learn that through my wife, watching her go through these episodes. My life, my wife literally would uh, have one on the freeway or something like that while she's at work and then drive herself to the hospital. And I'm sitting up here like dumbfounded, like I don't know what's going on because I've never had that situation. I've never had that happen to me. But I, I learned that it's real. And how do I handle it? You know, it was just something that I had to teach myself. 
You know, it's something that I can't handle at the at the time. Me being away from her and then she has to go to the hospital, there's nothing I could do. Telling people to calm down when they really don't know what the hell is going on with them. And it's crazy, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm telling myself, instead of just saying get over it or, you know what I'm saying, you don't really have to be afraid of this. There's nothing really to be afraid of. Just shut up and, and just talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we got, I mean, I know it's crazy, you know, people be on Twitter, people be on Facebook and Instagram, and we be joking and, and, and talking about people, but when it comes to topics like this, I'm not going to play around, I'm not, you know, it's a serious situation, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm bullying them, you know, most of the time I talk shit is, it's about sports, and things like that. But I, I don't ever want to push somebody to the point where they want to kill themselves or they don't want to come outside. If anybody feels like that, like I'm open to talk, you know, I'm still scarred. You know, I haven't gotten through my fears. I haven't gotten through my stress and I definitely haven't gotten through my depression. I haven't, you know, the with the world that we living in, with the president that we have. Now, my shit is on <laughs> my shit is on standby every day. Every day it's the holidays. I don't like driving during the holidays because niggas drink and drive. You know what I'm saying? Every time my wife go to work, I get nervous. You know? When she work from home, it, it makes me feel better. You know? But then when I got to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and go to L.A., I got to make sure I pay attention to life. You know what I'm saying? I got to get on the freeway and drive for 45 minutes to an hour. You know what I'm saying? I I usually go to my aunt's house to get some rest. She stays in Compton. Come on, man. Just last weekend, you know, just last weekend we was leaving my auntie's house. Surprise birthday party. As soon as we came outside, my wife heard some guns go off. She was scared to leave. It's like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? And I got to protect my family. So... <sighs> Another, it was a deep episode. I know, I know, I know. But I feel like this is one of those topics that we need to talk about because, listen, man, I I give a shout out and I support a lot of different podcasts and these podcasts. Y'all don't understand that not just me, but I'm pretty sure other people listen to these shows from like the No Nonsense Show, Two Shots, like all these shows that I listen to, man, Drunken Nights. I mean, it's a whole list of shows that I listen to that takes your mind off of what's going on day to day. You know, those hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, two hour shows. I appreciate the content, you know what I'm saying? Because it gives you something to think about, you know, but there are going to be shows that like this that we need. There's going to be shows like Hustle and Kicks that come out with a show about depression. You know what I mean? And we need to listen to it because we all have it. We all have that issue. You know, and if you're not, if you haven't been in the, in, in, you know, have you, if you've never been depressed or anything like that, I will hope you have, you, you, you would have to never go through that. You know what I'm saying? Which, which I doubt though. I think everybody at some point is going to go through some type of, you know, some type of depression stage, you know, cause life happens, man. When you care about something or somebody and they're no, they're longer, they're no longer there. Shit. I can't even talk right now. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's real tough. So all, all I can say is, you know, seek help. 
talk to people, talk to whoever you, you know, feel like you could trust, uh, be open about it. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, wherever your faith lies, you know, that's going to keep you, you know, that's going to keep you in good spirits. Go with it. Go hard at it. You know what I'm saying? You believe in Jesus, the whole nine, you know, do what you got to do. Stay prayed up. This, that, and the third. Um, I don't downplay anybody's religion or anything like that. But whatever you believe in, you believe in. As long as it's positive and it keeps you going forward, go ahead and do it. Um, and that's it, man. I mean, you know, BTG for president. This is your president, or a potential president. And uh, we're going to try to keep this thing rolling, man. You know, I appreciate everybody. I love everybody. I just hope everybody is just, man, keep your head on the swivel. Keep your head on the swivel and be nice to other people, too. So right now, uh, like I said in the beginning of the show, uh, one of my friends, Brittany, Britt Renee, as she's called on social media, I asked her to do a little to do a little piece for me about fear, stress and uh, depression. And I think I heard it already. Sounds great. Sounds excellent. Exactly what I needed. And I want to end on this tone. And yeah, see y'all next week. Webster's Dictionary defines stress as a state of mental tension and worry caused by problems in life, work, etc. Fear is defined as a concern about what may happen or an unpleasant, strong emotion caused by expectation or awareness of danger. Depression is defined as a state of feeling sad, hopeless, and unimportant. Sometimes I feel like I can't breathe. My tears have fallen all over my sleeve. Tears from everything bottled up inside. I waited all day just so I could get home and cry. Once it started, it's so hard to stop. I feel so low, and you saw me at the top. To keep you from feeling my own battle within me, I keep a smile on and talk short and friendly. People walk by, I wave and smile. Sometimes I just want someone to stop and talk for a while. But why? You don't understand. You don't have my issues resting in your hand. I've been so worked up, my head starts to hurt. So stressed out seems like anxiety is my only flirt. All I want to do is call up my friend or type up that long text and push send. You know why I haven't? I'll be opening up the floodgate to my tears, fears, and anxiety, making myself vulnerable, which I hate. Unreciprocated love, deceit, and death, many things contribute to depression. Some cry, some lash out with aggression. I can open up sharing it all, but it's my battle. Who else will catch me when I fall? Some worry about bills, some don't. Some worry about their heart, others won't. Some have concerns involving their health. Some worry about the state of their wealth. Everyone is different. We all have a different position. On this, you nor Webster can put in definition. Yes, this is within me, and it breaks me down. 
I may feel lost, maybe my soul unsound. Appearing to be overly happy to hide that you are sad makes it a lot worse. Within you, it magnifies the bad because society makes us feel ashamed for asking for help. Instead of fixing, you diagnose yourself. Writing yourself a prescription, ingesting society's expectations, your fears, worries, and thoughts, you know, those medications. This may have some side effects, you know, loneliness, tears, chest pains, loss of sleep, too much sleep, loss of appetite, food indulging, weakened immune system, loss of friends, loss of hair, and some others, and even death. It's natural. We are human. We will feel. Don't be ashamed because you are very real. Eating good and exercise isn't the only way to live longer. Our soul, mind, and heart need to stay stronger. You never know what someone is going through. Don't judge their tears and fears. Next, it may be you.